Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This week, we have our very first electrician, female electrician, I might add. Kyla brings a conversation to light of what it is to work not only in a trade, but in a very male-dominated trade. And it's easy to think about the gender biases with, dare I say, the corporate space. And yet, we've never had a conversation about what it is like beyond the corporate gender binary, if you will, men at the top. What is it like working in a room full of trades people that are mostly men? Kyla shares not only the day-to-day, but also how she has chosen to develop herself through comedy and what that means beyond her work as well. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Welcome to the show. Hi. I am so pumped to have this conversation because, A, this is like a referral through six degrees of separation from a hair salon in Vancouver, and you live in Victoria, and I've never had a female electrician on the show before. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you tell me that you're not the only one. There is, yeah, no, there's quite a few it's probably the most popular trade for women to get into, I think. Well, can Um, we start there? And then we're going to riff on like the decade plus of experience that you've had. But how did you come to make the choice to say, I want to go into the trades and I want to be an electrician? Oh, like the beginning story. I lived in Winnipeg for a few winters. And I decided because winter is pretty brutal you're stuck indoors. So I started to study electronics manuals (laughs) just because I was interested and I realized I needed someone to explain it to me. So I called my friends around like, do you guys know anyone who can teach me about electricity? And someone said Gerhard Decker at Northern Sun Farms. So I called him. And so Northern Sun Farms is an off-grid farm like a communal farm, like quite a few families live on the farm. And Gerhardt's job on the farm is to maintain and build the solar and wind setups. So he said that I could come and live there and I would work in exchange for food and lodging. And so I moved there in the winter. (laughs) Wow. And so that was a really cool experience. Yeah. Was the farm in Winnipeg or outside of the city? Outside of the city. It's near Steinbeck, Manitoba. All right. Yeah. I don't know where that is, but for context in the world of Canada, that sounds like it might be somewhere slightly remote or more remote than a city like Vancouver or Victoria. Yeah, it's a bit south of Winnipeg. So it's not in the city. It's outside, <laughs> out in farmland. It's beautiful. It's a really cool place, actually. I think they accept visitors and they have some programming that goes on there. Cool. If there's an opportunity to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from this experience, these cold winters with a beautiful mentor, and then what happened? Well, after a few months, I realized I needed to know more. 
I was also late in life to pick a career. I was like 24 years old, 25, because I didn't know what I wanted as a career. So I was sort of just doing whatever I here and there, right? Yes. <laughs> and let's be clear. 25 is not late. I mean, people pick a career at 25 and by the time they're 35 have a completely different career. So kudos to you. At 25, you knew that you wanted to dive into the world of electrician. Well, I narrowed it down. I knew I wanted a good job. (laughs) So I narrowed it down to either electrician or nurse. Whatever research I did, I decided those are the two I could see myself doing. (laughs) And then after that, I realized I needed to do an apprenticeship. So I moved to Vancouver because that's where I'm from. And I had heard that to get an apprenticeship is often quite a networking Mm -hmm. task. Yeah. Often it's like you're hired on by someone, you know, but I couldn't actually find anyone that would hire me. Hmm. So what I found through a work center was there's a program called the STEP program in British Columbia. And it's funding to get minorities into trades. I think the Trades and Labor Council puts that on. So that's some good information for people to know who are interested, who are minorities who want to get into trades. And they ended up funding my first year of school. So that's how I knew that was happening. (laughs) And my first year of school was at the union school for the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 213. (laughs) Gosh, brotherhood. So gendered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you go to school and then you get an apprentice. Uh, yeah. You get and, your apprenticeship, I assume, after school? Yes. And then I worked. But so on your own? Week, no. So after I did the school, I was accepted into the union. And the way the electrical union does their apprenticeship program is you become their apprentice. Then they have a dispatch system for jobs. So I had like virtually no job interviews. I was dispatched to a job as a certain level apprentice and was expected to be able to do that level of work. That was kind of a neat way to get in there. It wasn't nepotism at all. You showed up and that's who they got. Right. You know? Yeah. And where did gender come into play for you at all? Like, did you think I'm a female, I'm a minority, I'm ever, or were you like, I'm just as qualified as the next person and this is what I want to do? Oh, no, I had so many mental health issues, for sure, (laughs) related to, yeah, I mean, ideally, my dream was that I would find a woman to be my journey person and teach, but obviously, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My first year school teacher was female, actually, so that was refreshing to see, because it was an issue that I didn't know if I could do it, because I didn't see any other women doing it. Yeah. Right. It's like it's hard to see yourself doing something unless you can see like a role model. Yeah. Right. Totally. So it was always super awesome when I'd wind up on a job site with other women. Yeah. It was rare and it was scary. It was really intimidating the idea of going to work with a bunch of men. Right. Because I didn't know how they would treat me or act around me. Yeah. Well, I really commend you. I mean, full stop. I commend you for exploring this path. And there are a lot of conversations that we have on this podcast that say exactly that. And, you know, a podcast that was recently aired was about a black yoga teacher 
And she said, you know, I went to yoga and I looked around the studio and there was no one else who was black. And when she looked on the schedule, she could never find a black yoga teacher. So she didn't know where she fit within this yoga community, you know? And so she became a yoga teacher so that other black people would see themselves in her. And it is alarming to me that it's 2021 and we still need to be doing this, you know, like you need to be the female electrician so that someone else knows that they too can be that. And perhaps Mm -hmm. they line up to work with you yet. I really have to commend you. We'll put the link below that your stand-up routine summed up everything that I could have thought being a female electrician was about. And, you know, when I asked why stand-up, I want to hear how did you get into stand-up comedy and why did you choose that as a road of development for yourself? Oh, yeah. So where I work now, I've started to get really involved in my union, actually. So one day someone was retiring. This is the long story. Do you want the long story or the short story? I want it. You're funny. (laughs) (laughs) Someone was retiring and they said, well, you worked with this man. So why don't you present his retirement gift? And I thought, oh, yeah, sure. I realized only like moments before getting up in front of everyone is that they expected me to like say a speech and I had nothing prepared and I like tripped over my words, tried to make jokes and (laughs) it was like the worst retirement presentation I think I could have ever imagined. (laughs) And one thing I remember though, is it felt good when people would laugh, even if Mm -hmm. I was self-deprecating. Yeah. And when I sat down, someone said, oh, you know, we have public speaking courses you can take through our work. (laughs) And then I was like, no, I'm going to take a stand up comedy course. Actually, that seems more me (laughs) for public speaking. So that's why I did that. And I've been making these these single panel comics on paper. And I turned a lot of those into stand up comedy jokes. Oh, that's good content. So start by doodling comics and then take those comics on to the stage with a mic. And all of a sudden you're creating workplace humor. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of the motivation for doing the comedy is finding a way to make awkward or uncomfortable situations tolerable and Mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes you could really get offended and you have to figure out a way to not. (laughs) to keep working with these people right right well or to keep living life how about I mean I was running with a friend who has a child in school and because of COVID and closures and whatnot the kids aren't in school right now and they the school sent something out that said you know we're going to have a a special time on this Friday and for 30 minutes the kids can practice playing and they can do unstructured time and they can play And the parents just laughed and said, you know, what does this mean if eight-year-olds need scheduled time to play? And have we (laughs) forgot the joys of play? And you know, what comes with play is imagination and laughter and creativity. And it feels like it needs to be scheduled for an eight-year-old. Or if it needs to be scheduled for an eight-year-old, what happens to us when we're in our thirties? Like, have we completely lost the art of playing, let alone laughing? And I think it says so much if you can help create laughter because, you know, life can be tough. It can be hard to adult. 
And thank goodness for some levity, especially from your electrician. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That is, that is exactly the perspective that I'm going for. Like in my personal life, I have to like work to find joy every day. Mm -hmm. Just to feel like life is awesome and it's working. It's making me feel really good. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, before we get off the topic, we'll make sure these links are in the show notes. So you actually have a comic book that's for sale and that's adorable and hilarious. Mm -hmm. And you also self-published your own zine. Yes. The comic book is called Shop Talk Trade Comics. So you can look at them also for free online um, on Instagram under that name and on Facebook too. And so I also have a blog actually, <laughs> which is called The Secret Life of, the, of an Apprentice Electrician. And I took the best of and put them in a zine. I've been making zines since I was in high school. It's sort of a counterculture or like a punk scene people make zines right yeah (laughs) but I'm I'm just explaining because I don't know if very many people know what a zine is but it's essentially a cheap way to publish (laughs) it's just photocopies folded in half and stapled and so this zine is called what's so funny about being a female electrician and question mark (laughs) and that's what it is it's a collection of stories and anecdotes and advice and jokes and there's some comics in there too and it's just about being a female electrician for my experiences anyway yeah (laughs) well can you give us a a teaser can you give us a story or two of or an antidote of what is in fact so funny about being a female electrician hmm (laughs) that's a good question There's gender dynamics and power dynamics that you're constantly working with or against. And that creates some really interesting scenes. Like there's some things that men do and women aren't there that now I witness every day. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Or things that they say that they're thinking that I wouldn't otherwise be privy to. Right. (laughs) And also things that women say too. Like I was working once on the street when I worked for the city of Victoria and an old lady came up to me and I thought she was going to talk to me about the job that we were doing. And she said, you know, you're doing the job of a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I was really taken aback and I didn't know how to, I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> but I, turned that, I turned that into a comic at first. I said in the comic, I said that I told her, and you're growing a beard like a man. And then we high-fived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my heart. It's kind of like children say the darndest things or, you know, we make it feel like there's like a generation of certain people say really funny things. And yet the reality is, as adults, like some adults say really stupid things. And when it comes to gender and and perhaps like gender as it relates to career, gosh, darn it. Adults can say really dumb things. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, like there's something about like xenophobia in general. It's ridiculous. Just the whole concept of, (laughs) to me, is has so much potential for hilarity. Just like some really bigoted things. Like if you just pick them apart, they're actually hilarious, right? Right. (laughs) Yes. 
you think that like how can how could you even <laughs> draw those lines it's so weird <laughs> yeah oh gosh okay you mentioned joy and I think being a tradesperson just comes with a certain level of structure it certainly comes with a dynamic as we've talked about but I'm wondering about life beyond your trade and beyond your day-to-day what do you do for fun and where do you generate joy on a daily basis Oh, I have a dog that I love to spend time with and we play the keep away game every day. I was thinking about this the other day that that is something that gives me daily joy. (laughs) Just like, like I act like a little kid and so does she. She's 10 and she's still, people think she's a puppy. (laughs) Oh, wow. Have you had her for 10 years? Yes. Yeah. Gosh, I have a 10 month old puppy and he's a hundred percent rascal. Um, I look forward to him being 10 years old. (laughs) (laughs) She's still a rascal, but quite calmer. Yeah. What else do I do for joy? Lots of things. I like drawing and I Mm -hmm. like riding my bike and hiking. I think it's mostly about gratitude, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Being positive, turning my thoughts into positive thoughts. Mm. It's a magical thing that makes everything okay. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm wondering with the experience that you've had as it relates to gender and beyond your career, do you notice the world differently? Because I can imagine that you can't turn a switch. It's like, oh, at work, I get that I may be the only female here in this moment but then when you go out in the world does it make you notice interactions differently or do you notice Hmm. feeling like you I don't want to say like you belong or don't belong places I'm just wondering if it spills over into any other areas of your life that you become more aware Hmm. I mean it is interesting like the way that I act is different probably than when I didn't work with men I think I swear a lot more (laughs) I don't feel as comfortable in a room full of women anymore for some uh, reason. Interesting. There's a certain aspect of comfort in at home, but then there's, I feel like I don't quite belong there either. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, like I remember when I was younger, there was a bit of learning to be a woman that my mom was trying to teach me. And some of it was pretending to be helpless and stupid. Ah, she would never talk about it like that. I really rejected that as a child. I was like, I'm not pretending like I don't know how to do this. I obviously know how to do this. And she's like, well, you could get someone else to do it for you. Uh, <laughs> right. And that's wasn't what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't need to be dumb. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But there's a part of me that believed maybe I was dumb too. I really had to battle that self-esteem, right? There's something that happens to teenage girls that really drops your self-esteem. And part of it is feeling like that's what's expected of you too. Even if you don't have low self-esteem, you feel like you're supposed to act like you have low (laughs) self-esteem. 
to fit in. Gosh, this is sage. I think there's so much more to get out of this conversation. And it's fascinating for me to listen and see how you interact with the older generation and this, you know, generation of older men for that matter. And yet I wonder and can't wait really to riff with you more on the impact you could make to the younger generation and teenage girls potentially Mm -hmm. specifically. Imagine the impact you could make there. It feels greater than, than anything. Oh, that would be cool. Let's do that. More of you in the world. Aw, there is some women in trades groups that you could find all sorts of people who actually do that as their job. Like there's a BCC WIT. It's a women in trades group and they're pretty much an advocacy and training group. I can send you a link and you can find out more about them, but that's a good entryway for women who are interested in trades. And I think they do go into schools or they used to for COVID before COVID yeah amazing yeah right on okay Mm. well we wrap every podcast with the same question and that is what is currently making your heart beat faster I think the sugary water bubbly pop is sugar (laughs) (laughs) sugar sugar for the win Also, this conversation, I feel like this is really cool. Thank you for doing this podcast. Well, thank you for saying yes, because what I recognize is I was a stranger who reached out on Instagram and it's not lost on me that sometimes social media can feel, you know, all the things like obligation, like a nuisance. And sometimes it can feel like connection of, you know, I'm in the mountains and you're in Victoria and we get to have a conversation that we really would otherwise not be having on this Tuesday afternoon. So thank you for saying yes. And know that your yes totally made a dent in my heart. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. So fun. So fun. So we'll make sure links are below, follow the journey, learn to giggle and recognize that when you see a female trades person, that they're still a minority and that's a reality. Yes, it is true. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. 